Welcome to DST Presents Twin Peaks, a podcast uh, mainly revolving around Twin Peaks The Return, in particular tonight discussing part six. That's right, isn't it? Part mm-hmm. six. That's it, yeah. We're a third of the way through the series now. That's it, yeah. <laughs> it's gone quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My name's John. And I'm Nick. Okay, yes, yeah, so we'll just be breaking down the uh, part six episode tonight, discussing it in detail and hopefully trying to get a few theories about what's to come and uh, just what we thought of the episode in general. So uh, are you okay, Nick? We just jump straight into it. Yeah, yeah, by means, yeah. Got me uh, me breakdown here, pretty much scene by scene. So if you okay, we just go through that, you yeah, know, yeah, that's fine point by me. point, see what we think about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the episode opens with Dougie at the start. Well, I keep saying Dougie. <laughs> Good Dale. Good Dale. <laughs> Good Dale at the statue of like that weird cowboy yeah, yeah. in the middle of Vegas. Still just. Loitering, isn't he? Loitering, and he was doing some weird thing with his sleeve. I have no idea. Yeah, like I don't know. It seemed like he, he like he had his hand stuck in his sleeve or something. Yeah, and he couldn't get it out. <laughs> Almost like he was trying to stretch the sleeve or something. I have yeah. no idea really. No ideas what that's regarding. I mean, I don't know. Is that a, is that a memory? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking about it, but I've literally got no ideas. No. I don't know why he was doing that. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, it'll probably come up in the future. Might just be that the jacket was too big for him. <laughs> Thinking about it, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, after that, the uh, a local policeman comes over, starts to inquire what he's doing, and who he is. He's still pretty much got no memory of anything other than Red Door, was it? <laughs> oh, I think, I think then, um, like, um, what's your name? And like, Dougie Jones. Oh yeah, Dougie Jones. <laughs> Red Door. <laughs> uh, oh, where where do you live? And I, I think he said like the street name was like Rancho Rosa or something. Yeah, Red Door or something. Yeah. Yeah, the Red Door. So that's the only way the cop uh, got him back there. And so we, we go from there to the policeman taking Dougie mm-hmm. home. Before that. Also, oh, yeah. We, he actually like um, sees his badge and it obviously brings something up to him. Because yeah, like, oh, definitely. Badge. I, I know this. Yeah, he's like pointing at it and going towards it into. Uh, yeah. Just kind of like fascinated by the police badge. Uh, and in the next scene, the policeman takes him home to Sir Janey E. Jones with the red door. Yeah, yeah. And the policeman mentions how he just loves the badge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keeps on talking, pointing at it, and <laughs> just totally fascinated by it. Uh, what I find weird about this is Janey E. Jones answers the door and he's just stood there. And, you know, the policeman just almost like hands him over to her. And she's just not perturbed by the fact he's. he's Clearly got a few issues. Know, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. It's weird, isn't it? That I mean, do, do, by the sound of it, though, Dougie did wasn't exactly like the most normal of people, anyway. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Like, was Dougie like this all the time? You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's just taken the persona of Dougie <laughs> from the short time we had with Dougie. He did. It seems to at least be able to put like a sentence together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember when, like, yeah. he mentioned about his arm going dead. And when he was in the Black Lodge, he was like, oh, that's weird, before his head popped off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So I, I don't want to get why everyone is just totally accepting of Dougie. Even his son doesn't seem to want, you know, have any questions as to why he's, be, he's acting so strangely. Yeah, but... I know. And the, his son seems to be quite amused by it, though, for the most part. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, he's just laughing at him. Like, he's telling him to come and sit down next to him and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, like in the old episode, the previous episode where... Uh, 
trying to get him to sit down on a chair. Yeah. And, and, and it's almost as if it's normal for Dougie to just be like tapping yeah. on the chair after. <laughs> so, yeah. Like it's a normal relationship between him and his son kind of yeah. thing. It's uh, Maybe it is um, what Dougie's actually like. Well, you mentioned that uh, after that, he goes in and talks to Janie and he puts all the case files down. I think she has a bit of a go at him about not paying his debts off or something. I'm not sure if that comes at That's this point or later. Is that later, that, that yeah. bit? Because uh, she tells Dougie to go and tuck in Sonny Jim. He goes upstairs and has a few issues finding the bedroom. I think he's just walking around into it first. And like you mentioned, the son just passed the bed for him to come and sit down next to him. And they have that really like hilarious game of turning the light on and off. Oh, and he's, eat, he's eating potato crisps as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> potato chips. He offers one to his son and just leaves it on the bed for <laughs> It's a really weird exchange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have a little game of, let's say, uh, clapping and turn the, turning the light on and off. Yeah, because uh, Good Dale seemed quite amused by that, didn't he? Like, mm. when Sonny Jim um, claps, it goes off. He's like, oh! <laughs> yeah, there's a weird thing with like technology again with Lynch. The most basic technological things. He seems fascinated by them. Yeah, yeah. We've mentioned before about how computers in other episodes seem almost magical, you know, like just do like weird magical stuff kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. You can hack into anything, with, you know, with, any, with anything you want, that kind of thing. So it then goes from there to, uh, I keep going to say Dougie, <laughs> Dale gets called downstairs by Janie, who's clearly uh, a bit furious. furious yeah. <laughs> now, what, what's the first thing she finds? Is it to do with... It's the picture... Is it the picture? The picture. And of the... Jade, the prostitute. <laughs> and then she said, Jade. <laughs> he looks at the picture and goes, Jade, give two rights. <laughs> he looks really happy with himself. <laughs> Naomi Watts is a bit fuming about that. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. <laughs> I bet she did, sorry. I find it interesting, though, that she's almost more annoyed about the fact that he's not paid the debts off yet. Yeah, yeah. Almost as if that's commonplace, that he just sleeps around with yeah, prostitutes. Yeah. She's really gutted that he's not paid the debts off yet. Uh, so she's just fuming with him. Uh, at which point, there's a bit of a crossover here between my, my notes. We have at one point, uh, we have a return to the old traffic light from Twin Peaks. Did you see that where we just get a quick shot of the traffic light changing colour yeah. on the street? It's like an advert break almost or something. Right. Shows that traffic light. We then cut to the Black Lodge where Mike, the one-armed man, is just kind of pottering around, looking up to the sky and stuff. And eventually he comes through to Dougie in his living room. That, that, is that right? It's a good Dale. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a good Dale. It's a good Dale in his living room. Comes through in a weird image. Uh, and he just keeps re- repeating to him, don't die, is that right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm sure he said, like, come back as well or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps saying stuff like that, doesn't he? He's doing some weird, like, motion with his arms, almost like pushing away, going, don't die, don't die, don't die. Repeating it over and over again. Okay. All I can think of is that is that if he dies, he's going back to the Black Lodge. You know what I mean? So it's him or Evil Dale to yeah, yeah. to go back, kind of thing. Oh, so one of them has to die essentially to go to the yeah to return to where they should be, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and from that scene, Dougie has a few visions again. He gets out all the uh, Lucky Seven insurance paperwork, and he notices he's got little dots on the paper, little like light dots on the paper right. appear, and it's almost showing him where to write. And he starts drawing ladders on the paper. Yeah. And right. stairs, stairs going up. And then he can he kind of connects the dots almost. He, where the dots appeared, he draws a big line going down to like a name at the bottom. Puts a big like X by it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Any idea what that what any of that means? I mean, 
I mean, I can only imagine that like this is something that like he had before. Do you know before he lost his memory? Like because mm. he was a brilliant detective, wasn't he? So maybe maybe he did have like um, images like showing him pretty much what was what. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was thinking that you know, I was thinking like, is Dale such a good detective because he's been always getting these, these weird yeah, yeah. visions? We've just never known it until this yeah. point. I mean, we, we know he's had that. Um, he had dreams, didn't he? So yeah, he had dreams. So who's to say he didn't have like like um, these kind of visions? Wake, what, waking dreams, like. And like during the episode where in series one where he's throwing stones at bottles. And whichever one hits would be the person he goes to, yeah, work, yeah, goes yeah. to talk exactly, to, yeah. just stuff like that. So maybe he's always had it, like yeah, and we're just seeing it now for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Because it clearly means something. We'll come back to it, but what he writes on the paper clearly means something to the manager of the insurance company. So we'll come back to that bit. Are you okay with all that stuff in Vegas? Anything more you want to add, add there? Or in Vegas? That was all in like in Rancho oh, Rose God, in yeah, Vegas. Oh yeah. like, I completely forget that's in Vegas. That, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine with that. Yeah. You okay with all that? Okay, so we'll we'll leave uh, Dougie or Good Dale <laughs> behind for now. Uh, we then cut to a big revelation. Uh, we we talked about this in work today. We then jump to Albert, who's uh, getting a ride. Uh, to a bar, which he mentioned two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. He's on the phone to Gordon Cole. Gordon Cole appears to be with a lady or something by the sound of it, drinking, oh. drinking wine or something. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like she, someone pours him a good drink or something. He's like, oh, thank you, love. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Albert's not in the best mood by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I love I love being out on a night in a town um, in the bar and rain in 27 degrees or something. I'm sure there's some quote he has here because it's absolutely chucking down with rain. It's like, fuck Gene Kelly because of the uh, singing in the rain thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite good. Uh, so then Albert then makes his way into the bar. Oh, I can't remember the name of the bar. I don't think it matters, but I can't remember the name of the bar now. It was like, know, like Von something or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed it had a similar like um, sign to the Bang Bang Bar. I was thinking that. I thought at first we were there. I but thought it, it was, yeah. but no. Um, yeah, I think it's like the Von Bar or something. It's Von something bar, yeah. once it? Yeah. So he goes in, and I, I've discussed in previous episodes my theories about how Laura Dern will play into the show. I thought she was going to be some big bad or something they were going to meet down the line. Turns out Laura Dern is playing Diane. The uh, the, the uh, well, I, I was going to say voice. Well, yeah, there is a voice. No, sorry, there was never a voice, was there? Yeah, like, never hear. We only ever seen Dale um, talking to his thing. His dictaphone his, thing. His dictaphone, yeah. and um, I don't think I don't know if it was actually in the actual film. Or if it was just the deleted scenes where, like, you see him talking to Diane through like a doorway, but like you never. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was just a deleted scene that was in the film. Um, well, like there you go. And um, this is the first time we've actually ever seen Diane or even heard a voice for that matter. Yeah, it's quite interesting as well because I mentioned before Laura Dern is a big like Lynch actress. She's been in lots of his stuff, and both Laura Dern and Cal McLaughlin were the two leads from uh, Blue Velvet back in like. 1986, I think it was. Oh, okay. So it's just interesting thinking about the fact that they were Dale and Diane that whole time. Do, do you know what I mean? The, that they've got this history in, a, in another another Lynch film that mm. is using them again now in that kind of like that that duo dual role kind of thing. You know what I mean? The, yeah, I found that quite interesting. It's quite interesting, really. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a tease that really because Albert meets Diane and we we never go back to it after that, do we? It's just a very quick. Yeah, play. that's it. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. Don't really see her again. So we now know at least that Laura Dern is playing Diane. She's a great actress, so we can't wait to see her come back come back into the show. I'm presuming they're going to use her to go and talk to Evil Dale in jail. Yeah, 
to try and ascertain whether it's the real deal or not. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing they, they've had a close-knit kind of relationship. Yeah, for like uh, going back 25 years kind of thing. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to cut to earth, see how that pans out. Uh, from there, we then jump to a really weird scene. Uh, the actor is called Balthazar Getty, and he's playing a character called Red. Now, we've seen this guy once before at the end of either part one or part... I think it was part two where he was in the uh, the roadhouse back in Twin Peaks and he makes eyes at Shelley. Uh, yeah. The guy I'm on about is he's basically talking to the creepy guy from last episode and he's doing a lot of magic tricks with the coins. You know the guy I'm on about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like greyish hair kind of thing. He was back in part two in the roadhouse. Oh, right, okay. And he made he was like making eyes at Shelley across the room. So I, I was wondering at the time whether that was like a boyfriend or something or you know a husband, that kind of thing. I think from this episode, we can just judge that he's like a random criminal by the look of it. Do you get uh, that at all? obviously with her history with criminals. Well, that's the point, yeah, like a new Leo maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know whether they've actually got a relationship or whether he was just like like the look of her, you know, and was making eyes I mean, at her over the road house. Shelley has now got her uh, a daughter, I should She's got a daughter, yeah. So, so, who knows? Could be with this dude, yeah. It's called her Red in the show. She, she, has, she has got like a history of... Like being with criminals, like yeah, so like um, in the bad boy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, in this, like, I really enjoyed the scene. It starts out almost comedic. He's talking to who we now know. I think I believe he's called Richard Horn, who was the creepy guy from the last episode, who basically assaulted that girl in the roadhouse. He had her on the throat and stuff. Wait, um, right, are we on the same scene here? Um, it's the one where like there's a black guy in the background with a gun with a gun yeah that's the um, one yeah oh so so like wait which one are we on about um the the, the creepy guy is the is the the guy with gray hair or oh sorry the guy with the gray hair is balthazar getty who is red who was the guy from the road hours from part two so that kid was the was the uh guy that assaulted the girl yeah all right the I other guess. one the other guy who was kind of like i'm sure at one point he goes don't call me a kid to, to this yeah. other guy to red that was the guy from the last episode who was smoking in the roadhouse, gave the money to Chad and had the girl around the throat at one point. Do you know, do you know who I'm on about? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. That's that's the guy there who who the other, who Red is talking to. And he, we now know, is called Richard Horn because his name was in the credits last week. Okay, yeah. I only know that after the fact, after I've read some reviews on, online, that they mention he's called Richard Horn. So okay. I'm guessing here that this is the son of Audrey Horn. Oh, yeah. Just purely because of the timeline. I think Benjamin Horn's a bit too old to be having... Well, you never know. Could, could be Benjamin, uh, you know, uh, the hotel owner. Could be his son. Yeah. It could be Jerry Horn, who's now a pot farmer. Could be any of them, couldn't it? Definitely a member of the Horn family. And he's definitely got issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I love this whole scene. It starts out comedic with Red doing like magic tricks, making this dime disappear. And it just got more and more like sinister... And insidious the, the, long, the longer it went on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You mentioned that guy stood in the background with a gun. At the, at the start, of the, the start of the scene, he was like smiling. He was loving it. By the end, he's, he's got this stern, terrifying look on his face. Like it, the whole mood of the scene changes. I think by yeah, the yeah. end, because Red's doing these weird magic tricks, making coins like float and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like he flipped one up, didn't he? Um, and it kind of stayed floating. Yeah. And then 
It kind of came down, but like the, it kind of just like materialized into his mouth. Into his mouth, yeah. yeah. And then, but then he had one in his hand as well. No, it landed in his hand. In his hand, yeah. It was just really weird, like, uh, and I think we can judge from this scene that Richard is doing a drug deal for this red dude. He's working for him as like a drug yeah, lord yeah, or something yeah. like that. He's got. A, they mentioned they've got a new drug coming down from Canada or something like that. And if you remember in the old episodes, it was the Canadian link from, uh, was it One-Eyed Jack's, the club, where all the drugs were coming from? Uh, you know, the, where all the uh, girls went to, like, uh, yeah, yeah. it's basically like a gentleman's club kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, in the, you mean the old series? In the, sorry, the old series, yeah. And that's where all the drugs came from. Uh, Jacques, I think it was Renoir, who was called, and his brother brought all the drugs down yeah, from yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like the drug trade is still going strong <laughs> yeah, in Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I think that's what, that's what the point of the whole scene is. But it ends with Richard Horn getting in his truck, he, like really fuming after after the exchange, and just he's obviously had some some drugs, sample the drugs that we that yeah, were going to bring yeah. down, and he's just like speeding down the high, down the road into in his big Ford truck, and that's how that scene ends, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we know he's on on the way. It's to somewhere. quite creepy though at the end of that little interaction between Red and Richard, um, like the uh, like he flips the coins and and it's like. He's saying, all right, um, heads, uh, I oh, win, yeah. tails, you lose. You, yeah. I was just like, oh, God, that's quite sinister, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Not much chance of winning there. Exactly. For <laughs> and like you say, it kind of cuts to him uh, um, like driving down like in a rage. He's like hitting his uh, um, little uh, his steering Horns. wheel. Oh, like yeah. That, and, and he's just like, oh, dickhead kind of thing like that. Yeah. Um, obviously quite a bit shook by um, the little interaction between them there. yeah by what's happened kind of thing yeah. yeah so that's how that bit ends and we then cut to the fat trout trailer park which is yeah. which is weird I've been looking online today and I can't make head and tail of this I saw one review saying that this fat trout trailer park is material it's just magically materialized from Oregon which where it was in a Twin Peaks firewalk with me to like just outside of Twin Peaks, and another review saying that if you look closely, it says the new Fat Trout Trailer Park, oh, does it? almost as if they moved it, like you know, oh. conveniently, really, really close to Twin Peaks. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know wh- which is true at the moment. I've not had a chance to go back and check it yet, but uh, we'll just assume it's, they've moved it to Twin it, Peaks. It's just like for, a new one. Yeah, just for convenience yeah. kind of thing. I mean, <laughs> don't, yeah, I guess it makes sense. And it's been run by Carl Rod. Yeah, that's his name. Who appeared in, in Firewalk with me? Yeah, yeah. Played by like uh, like a veteran character actor, Harry Dean Stanton. He's been in loads of stuff over the years. He, I mean, he is really old now, but he, he looks every day of it kind of thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he looks yeah. really old now, doesn't he? Uh, I'll just throw in here as well. He's actually mentioned Colrod in the Secret History of Twin Peaks. He's mentioned as being like a really nice, caring, kind kind of bloke in that, which. I think he's gonna like play into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think in this episode you can kind of understand like yeah, yeah. how I that mean, plays into we, it. We will see a bit more of that later on. Yeah, um, I never really got that impression from the old film, to be honest with you. But in this one, you can kind of get yeah, that impression yeah, yeah. that he's a nice guy, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, because like in that scene, the uh, uh, a guy asked for a lift, didn't he? Yeah, into town. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nothing. Quite quite a funny little interaction in the car, I thought. Um, yeah, it was good. Like he, he had his smoke. He's like, oh, do you want to smoke? Um, and, he, and he said, oh, I do, but I quit a year ago. And he went, oh, 
I've been smoking for 75 years. Yeah, every day for 75 years. <laughs> and that, that got me thinking, how old is he supposed to be? I was thinking that, like, is he 90 now or something? Like, like That's what I mean. Because, well, like, like, I'm assuming he would have started around the age of 15. Mm. So that means he, he's in his 90s now. I mean, how did he how did might be 90, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, it could be. Oh, my God. He was in the first Alien in 1979. And he looked old in that, to be honest. So, yeah, he could be pushing 90. <laughs> After I'm looking for that for, ne- for next week, maybe, because I, d- I do think Carl Rod is going to come back. Yeah, yeah. In this. And like I said, we get that that exchange with him in the car. And he mentions that he drives into town every day at this time. And uh, the guy says, you know, why do you do that? And it's like, just to get out of this place, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the town in question is Twin Peaks that they're driving into. I presume so, anyway. Uh, is that what it was? Actually, it might not be... The reason I mention it is, I'll go first to where he drives first to like he ends up in a park bench, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And he uh, he spots a a young mother with a son playing like a weird game where he'd run ahead of her and she'd catch up to him and grab him. Uh, and he's just watching with a big smile on his face, like watching life go by, kind yeah. of thing. And it then cuts to the the traffic cross section from Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Where the one-armed man pulled up alongside Leland Palmer and Laura Palmer, yeah, yeah, and had that really weird exchange with him shouting at them. This is the same crossroad as that, and you'll notice there were telephone poles everywhere and telephone wires going above the street. Uh, and from there, the young mother and is this, is this happen? Is this what happened directly after that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Actually, I forgot one thing to mention before that. We have a quick interlude in the the cafe. Oh, it is Twin Peaks. Yeah, because uh, the cafe is just over the road, the uh, diner. All oh, right. Okay. Because Miriam, who was talking to Shelley and oh, I forgot the name of the uh, <laughs> forgot the name of the other waitress in the diner. You know the one who giggles all the time. Uh, yeah, I can't remember her name. Heidi. Uh, Shelley and Heidi are in the diner and Miriam is saying how good the pie and coffee is in there. Yeah, yeah. And she leaves a big tip that she can't afford. And so Heidi and Miriam, uh, oh God, he- Heidi and Shelley are saying we really should uh, do something nice for you yeah, or something. Yeah, like treat her or something. Treat her or something, yeah. So as they're having that conversation, Miriam, the school teacher, walks out, at which point the mother and young child go to cross the road one guy, I think it's a stop. It's a stop sign, isn't it? So like the traffic has come to a stop. Yeah, yeah. One guy waves him across. The child runs out to be absolutely mowed down by Richard Horn in his Ford truck. Like, it shocked me so much to see him. Like, yeah. The thing is, I see, I knew it was coming as soon as he turned off. Yeah, totally. I was like, I know what's coming right now, but it still shocked me. It really did. It was like. Oh, you saw it, like, yeah. like you seen him walk, run out and then you just seen this truck smack. Oh, it was so horrible. It wasn't even like kind of, it slowed down for the impact or anything. It was just mowed straight through oh, and just carried on horrible, going. Like, yeah. Horrible, And then like, his mum obviously runs over to him and, and you see he's got like a, a fucking tyre trap over his body. And it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty gross. And it is very gross. Yeah. I, I, it made me feel really sad this scene, like, uh, Again, I think we mentioned before, there's something about the way Lynch films like stuff like this. He, he goes from having a comedy scene in the diner of Heidi just giggling and laughing. He goes from that to this, and it's just like, it's just horrifying the way he does it. Like you know what I mean? It, 
any other show, any other film, any other director would have real trouble like juggling the, the tone of something like that. But he just goes into this horrifying scene. And it's almost all the more horrifying for you. The yeah, past yeah. minute ago you were laughing at something and now, yeah. now this awful thing's happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, a, I, it really bothered me. Like, I'll be honest, it really no, it, bothered no, me to see. No, it did. It did me too. And like the fact that she's on the floor uh, just hugging and chatting like a dead child. And all the townspeople just stood around, can't do anything, just stood there watching kind of thing. And uh, Obviously, um, what was his name again, the old guy? Oh, yeah, Carl Rod, yeah. Uh, Carl Rod, he, he heard it from the part, and he, and he just, because he obviously heard like a beep, and yeah. he heard a bit of an impact, and uh, some voices. And so, so he, he, he kind of runs out to the park, see what's going on. Yeah. And obviously he sees it on the floor, and um, you see, it's weird. Yeah, he sees mm. this uh, little weird orange mist. I th- well, I thought it was more yellow. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. You might, you might be right, it could be orange. The reason I say that is, I think it could be like a Garmin Bosey, I think, you know, the cream corn, yeah. like the colour of it. It could be like the pain and sorrow. I'm getting, I'm getting really, like, geeky here, but the, the, way, the way it goes up into the sky, I couldn't tell whether it went into the power lines or not, or whether it went past the power lines, or... Yeah. Almost as if like the Black Lodge is collecting the pain and sorrow or something. Yeah, you, like, might, you, you might be right. You know what I mean? The, be right. It could just be the soul or something, just you know, going straight up yeah. or something like, like that. He like, obviously but... seen it though, which is like he's the only one who's seen it by the looks of it. Yeah. So I don't know if like that's that, that scene was more to point us in, in the direction of like him being like a... being part of something like yeah. yeah, being part of what's going on like because it was mentioned in the secret history of Twin Peaks, you know, so it kind of yeah. means he is a bit important maybe. Yeah. yeah. So he could have a bigger part to play, maybe. Well, uh, that's it, yeah. And again, I just like the way that he just went over and put his hand on the mother's shoulder and just like grieved with her almost, like didn't yeah, say yeah. anything, didn't do anything. There's nothing he can do, is there? You know what I mean? He just grieved with the mother while. Uh, like you say, like this is uh, obviously um, like saying how much of a nice person he actually is. It's yeah, plays into that. Plays like, into that a lot, like. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really, really powerful scene. The, have you got anything more to add on that bit? Or? No, no, um, I don't. Don't. I mean, I, I think it ends, doesn't? Well, does it end, or is it just a bit afterwards where, uh, um, like, um, Richard, um, he's, he's he goes on. I told you to move, and like, I think you see, um, is it Heidi? You see. Her? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and sorry, she, yeah. She's uh, kind of uh, Miriam, she's called. Miriam, sorry. sorry. She gets a good look at Richard Hall yeah, yeah. In, in the van, and let's say he drives off somewhere to clean the van, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's just raging, saying, I'm not told you to move. But it's clearly on drugs and everything. Yeah. So like, yeah. Wasn't in a good way. Yeah. So uh, we then go from that to, we go back to the Vegas businessman that we last saw in part one, I think it was. This actor's been in like Mulholland Drive and stuff. Do you want to remember this? He had, he had his laptop up, or a computer open, sorry. And a red box appeared on his, on his monitor. And it was almost like a symbol to do something. He opened a drawer and pulled out an envelope, and yes, there's a yes. black circle on the envelope, which then leads into. I'm only putting this together afterwards, but I, th- I think that then leads into uh, what I think he's called Ike Statler, the uh, the guy with the ice pick. <laughs> oh, the the dwarf. Yeah, he, he's in like a hotel room or something. I feel. I, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, go for it. Yeah. I feel like we've missed a scene. Which, which one's that? It was the scene where. Um, and Good Dale was in the office with his boss. Ah, well, that comes up after this. Does bit. it actually? Yeah, sorry it comes after that. this. Um, well, I think it does. I might have got the order wrong, to be honest no, with you. No, I've got it noted down yeah, uh, on the next bit. Yeah. So uh, there's a really weird scene of Ike receiving an envelope. Yeah, yeah. With a picture of the worried woman from last week. Yeah. 
who made the phone call, who I believe is called Lorraine from what I saw today. And he gets a picture of Dougie Jones as well. It actually is Dougie Jones this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah not Dale. <laughs> uh, and this really weird music starts playing. He pulls out an ice pick <laughs> and starts stabbing the photos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really weird. Very <laughs> odd. Yeah, well, so uh, that's a bit creepy. We then go from that. I believe the, the Dougie bit might be in the middle of this, but I'll, I'll just jump straight to it. We then see him basically enter an office building. This is like a really weird scene. There's something I want to actually, if I can come back to this at the end, it's a bit like, I want to do a bit of a pretentious bit basically, but I want to come back about death in this episode. Like, I think it's one of Lynch's themes, but I'll come back to that after we've, after we've spoke about all, okay. the, all the death that comes into it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's basically on a killing spree. Reminded me a bit of Fargo series one. Do you remember when Billy Bob Thornton went into that building? Oh, murdered yeah. everyone. Yeah. You don't see anything in that one, but you get the impression he's just murdered an entire building. It, it, this is like the inside of that building. Yeah, almost. You see what? And it's ten times more gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, like because I was like, he goes in and it's the worried woman that he kills, isn't it? Yeah, I think he killed somebody else before, maybe because you hear somebody yeah, screaming around I think the you corner. Yeah, you screaming, but then like he comes running round with his little ice pick. Yeah. And uh, he goes into the office, and uh, I think he just instantly dies on her, just doesn't he? stabs her straight away. But it's the bit when she's on the floor, and he, he's ramming the ice pick into her. And there's one bit after he's like got her in the heart or something, he starts wedging it back and forth, yeah. and like blood's just spurting out of her mouth kind of thing. Again, it really bothered me. <laughs> no, that yeah. really was bothered. Like, this episode bothered me like several times. It like I could watch any horror film go in and not be bothered. This really bothered me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It really got to me. Uh, yeah, he's wiggling this ice pick round in his chest and there's blood spraying everywhere kind of thing. Another woman comes to the door. He, he then chases her out of the office as well and murders her. Yeah, yeah. And the only time you see any kind of like... Well, you do see emotion because he's, he's clearly on a rage in here at this point. But yeah, yeah. afterwards, he seems really caught up about the fact that he's bent his, his ice pick. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely bent. Twisted round and it's like, yeah. oh... <laughs> It's just really weird. But it's just a taster of things to come. We're guessing that Dougie slash Dale has got this to look forward to in in a future episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we're hoping that Dale can wake up. Oh, sorry, that that was what, going back to the start of the episode, that's what Mike was telling him. Wake up. He was saying to me, you've got to wake up. Then don't die, don't die. Uh, Going back to that. So so Dale has to wake up ASAP. Otherwise he's going to be a victim of a... The ice pick murderer. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was amazing, all that, but it's just so, like, hard-hitting kind of thing. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Have you got anything more to add on uh, Ike the Spike Statler? <laughs> <laughs> Not much I can say about it. It's, like, <laughs> it's just so shocking, just, like, like you say, when, he's, oh, when you see, like, it's in such graphic graphic detail as well yeah he's not it's not pulled any punches in this episode has he it's really not yeah it, it, it is shocking but amazing though like no, say, no, it's it amazing is. as well isn't it uh, so after this we'll, we'll, we'll return back to Good Dale he goes back to work at the, look, at the Lucky 7 insurance company and the manager is having his morning coffee again in the elevator. Gets wedged in the elevator doors at one point. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like, like the guy's like, oh, come on, Dale. But it's kind of got this like dead cheesy smile on his face. like, And um, and the doors just keep opening and closing on him. Yeah, I love the look on his, like the way that Cal McLaughlin's playing all this. He looks just, it's just so kind of like 
shocked by everything. The door's hit him, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's coffee in his hand, like he, he's just playing it so like earnest kind of thing. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So eventually, if Matt finds his way into the office, and the manager, I can never think, uh, the boss of the office, I can never think of his name, he's like a, a former boxer, isn't he, or something, yeah, yeah. calls him in. I think the guy's watching him as he's walking, isn't he? The, the one he called a liar. Yeah, Tom Sizemore's in his office watching him because he knows that Dougie's kept, Dougie, Dale has kind of ratted him out almost without meaning to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes in. Again, not much conversation from him. Uh, but he hands the files over to the boss and he can't make head and tail of it. And I think Dale just keeps repeating, makes sense or something. Is that right? I think, I think, he's, I think the boss says to him, like... I can't make sense of this. And he just goes, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so the boss kind of looks again then, thinking like, oh, we, we must be talking sense or whatever. But, but then, like, he seems to look at the page. I'm like, we've seen it in the previous scene, how he's just drawn these, like, weird stairs mm. and then, like, a ladder and then, like, a bit of, a, like, a blob kind of yeah. thing. And, and somehow um, the boss seems to be like, you've given me a lot to think about here. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, um, I'm kind of... Bye, kind of thing. But like, while while he's looking through these files, like he's so fixated on the uh, the poster of him uh, as a boxer. Um, good day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he keeps making comments about it, doesn't he? I'm sure he says something like, you know, about oh, like a name on it or something like that, maybe. Maybe. But yeah, like I, I, I mean, I can only imagine that he's just like, oh god, he's a boxer. But like, I can't imagine any other reason why he was so fixated on it. I think in one of the. Uh, Previous episodes, I'm sure he was looking at that poster again when he was in there. When he got handed the case files, I'm sure he was looking at the poster, like, you know, as if there's some connection to be made or something. All right, fair enough. You know what? I've just remembered a scene that I've totally missed. Go on. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where they find Dougie's car that blew up oh, in the Rancho yeah. Rosa. The, the, the police are on the roof of a building pulling, like, a, the license plate down. Do you remember that? Is it, is, is it the uh, the... the... Crackhead mother's um, house. Yeah. And she's going, 119! 119. Is that all that happened to that bit? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think we see the kid on this one I either. I don't think so, just her going, 119. Uh, and they're getting like uh, the license plate off the roof. So I'm presuming they'll track it to Dougie Jones at some yeah, point. Yeah, probably. So it's another thing that's closing in on Good Dale. Uh, you've got like a hitman out for him. You've got, got the police, police looking for him. him. He's got Bad Dale. He's, He's got gonna... Bad Dale. He's got this whole weird insurance thing going on at work. <laughs> Another scene actually you missed, um, which kind of ties into it a bit, is uh, when um, um, Dougie's wife um, went well, into the park. And come up, that's the next one I've got on my list. Here. Oh, have yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, Janie, yep. Have you got anything more on the insurance company bit? Uh, uh, other than the boss can like, kind of make sense of it somehow, but we don't really know yet what, no, what what's happening. I'm guessing we'll find that out in a future episode. Yeah, that does come. You can clearly understand what Dougie's done. Oh, Dougie. Good Dale's done somehow. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to come back to that. Uh, I believe the next scene after that then is when Janie uh, drives to the park. She's yeah. arranged to meet these loan sharks that Dougie's ran up a $20,000 debt with that's now become a $52,000 debt because of, because of interest. Yeah. Uh, I quite like this scene. Uh, have you got anything you want to say before I go into it? Or? I was going to say is like it takes some balls to do what she did in that scene. Yeah, definitely. If there's one thing we've learned about her is that she, I think the game says to her, don't they? Like, oh, she's got balls, her, or something yeah. like at the end of it. It's like such a, like, like, because she obviously knows that, that, like, these aren't, like, just normal businessmen. These are 
dangerous characters, dangerous you? people, and then obviously she goes up to him with twenty five k in her hand, well in a in a handbag, and she's like, like, well, I'm not going to give you fifty two thousand pound because because um, what kind of um, loan has a hundred seventy five percent disc um, interest or something? I don't, I don't know what the percentage she said yeah. was. She mentions like a bank interest of like one percent or something yeah, yeah. she gets on a on a savings or whatever. And they're saying you're you're gonna charge like two hundred and twenty five percent or something yeah, like yeah. you know, and, yeah. Uh, and so it's like so what I'll do I'll I'll um I'll give you the original twenty thousand but I'll also give you a five thousand as well kind of thing. Yeah, but I love the speech she lays into as well. She's like we're living in dark times. We're the we're the one percent. Sorry, the ninety nine percenters. And I really feel like Lynch is hammering home a point here. He kind of did it in the the last episode with uh, Doctor Jacoby selling his gold shovels online. You know how. Just how shallow everything seems to be nowadays, kind of thing. I really feel like Lynch has got a real bugbear of how life is at the moment. Yeah. Do you get that at all? No, like, I can see where you're coming from. Like right? the way, just the whole speech she lays into about the the ninety nine percenters and stuff. We we drive terrible cars to work and all stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like he's he's got an issue with modern life almost. I mean, I, I know people just say, oh yeah, because he's old now. You know, he, he hates everything, kind of thing. But I think he has maybe got a point with some no, things. No, no, he definitely you know, has. I, mean? I, I can probably agree with him. On that. The shallowness <laughs> and commercialism of like modern modern life, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he's yeah. really got an issue with it by the by the look of it. Uh, have you got anything more on that scene at all? Or we know no. now that Dougie's debts are paid up anyway. So well, we, that we can assume so anyway. Yeah, um, with them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> we can only hope anyway, because like, the, the, I mean. Are they those two weren't the top dog? So like, would the top dog not be like, no? I said fifty two k. Come on. I was thinking that like uh, I'd want a receipt or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they can they can just say yeah, she never paid us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking that I want a bit more uh, security. I think from my loan sharks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we then go from that to uh, Deputy Hawk in the bathroom of the police station. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, He's been told by the log lady back in part one to follow his heritage. Is that right? It's weird. And you'll find what's missing. Because like he dropped a coin, doesn't he? And yeah. And like that's. I mean, I didn't quite understand why that was so weird to him that that happened. Well, this is the thing. There's a bit of a thing in the the secret history of Twin Peaks that plays in here. He drops that coin. And he, he just goes to pick it up normally, but the the. Sadly, did you notice the head that was showing was like a, a red Indian head yeah, or Na- Native that, American? Yeah. So immediately he's thinking, oh, you know, heritage kind of thing, you know, that kind of thing. And he notices on the back of the door. It also says. It says the uh, manufactured by Nez Perce manufacturers know, or something like, like that. Red Indian. An Indian. And the Nez Perce thing is massive in the book of the secret history of Twin Peaks. Ah. The Nez Perce Indians were the, were the Indians who lived on, on the land of, the, of where they are in. Washington, what's become Washington State, who got uh, basically conned by the U.S. government to give up the land, okay. and like it's almost like they kind of like put a curse on the land or something, that kind of thing, yeah. because of the way they were treated by the U.S. government. Excuse me. And so the Nez Perce is, I think, gonna we're gonna find out that Hawk is descended from the Nez Perce clan, you know, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing maybe. Uh, so that kind of ties in in that way that. It's his heritage, you know, oh, that, okay. that kind of stuff. That makes sense. And he then notices from that that the corner of the door's peeled away. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the only reason he, he would even look look into that is because of what the, the head on the coin and oh. the Nez Perce oh, on the door. Sense. So he then pulls the door down. 
Did you notice when, while he's doing this, Chad comes in? Yeah. A cup of coffee and a book. Let's <laughs> see if he's going to spend like two hours on the toilet. He could come and work with us. Yeah, <laughs> There's a few yeah. people at work who could, uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. could do that. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, Chad comes in and makes a few weird comments and Hawk says, use the ladies or whatever. Yeah, like. yeah. And basically Hawk finds, we're not sure what they are yet, but I think it'll be pages from Laura Palmer's diary. Have you got that vibe? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. How they've come to be in the, the door of the police station, I don't know. I know, I but, can't figure that out. But. Mm, yeah, I don't know that, but I think looking at it now, that's what's missing. You know, when he got told something's missing, yeah. it'll be those, pa- those pages that makes, were torn out of the diary. It makes a lot of sense. And depending on what's written on them, it could, like back in the film Firewalk With Me, Laura Palmer was told to write in, in her diary that Goodale was in the Black Lodge. So if she has done that, and that's on those pages, you know, that could point Hawk in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would that lead him to that place he went, you know, with a little circle of trees? Will that lead him yeah. back there? Or? That's another weird thing that I keep on seeing loads in, in like, reviews online. That area with the sycamore trees is called Glastonbury Grove. And that's been mentioned a few times in the show. The reason that's of interest is because... It's all to do with King Arthur, the legend of King Arthur. All right. And loads of elements of the King Arthur legend have cropped up apparently in Twin Peaks. And the reviews that I read couldn't piece it together. They were saying, like, I don't get why they keep mentioning King Arthur stuff in Twin Peaks. But one of them actually mentioned, like, how the Knights of the Round Table are going to figure into this, I don't know. And the, one, the first thing I thought of when I read that review, I thought, the four mica table, like, from Firewalk with me. There's a weird room with a four mica table where all the residents of the Black Lodge sit around like right, so it's I'll almost like it. it could be like a weird black lodge version of the Knights of the Round Table oh, or something be, yeah. like just a, a little theory just wanted to throw out there you know what yeah, I mean it's just no. a weird uh, weird thing like but very interesting yeah. yeah how King Arthur's going to play into it I don't know but it must have some significance like Glastonbury Grove's a weird thing to throw in there like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's the area where the Black Lodge is so Hawk might find his way back there at some point maybe maybe yeah yeah we've only got one final scene to go on to have you got anything more you want to add on that or no no you okay with that? Uh, the final scene then, we stay in the police station and we go to Sheriff Truman, who's in the call centre area, <sighs> and his wife comes in again. <laughs> I love his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's just furious about, is it like a, about her father or something? Yeah, she came in and she was shouting, um, um, it's not fixed, the car's not fixed. Yeah, that's it. And, um, and um, Sheriff Truman's like, like, oh, has he got the emergency brake on? It's like, oh, you call my dad stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we get a, a little interesting bit of backstory here as well. One of the female workers in, in the in the office mentions that their son killed himself. Yeah, yeah. And Chad, being a douchebag, is like, ooh, he was a soldier and he couldn't handle it, boo-hoo. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a bit... A bit, a bit below creep. the belt, like, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of creep, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which explains maybe why she's the way she is, kind of thing. You know, she's had to deal with a son, kill, a child killing himself. Yeah. And that's kind of like where the episode ends. We go back to the uh, the, sh- the roadhouse again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just just watching the band play, and that that's pretty much it. But just again, there's like death hanging over the episode there with you know the the, the, the child killing himself. Yeah, yeah. I feel like David Lynch has got like a real not issue. I mean, I think I'm sure I've mentioned this to, to you guys before in work. Like modern cult, modern culture's got this really weird thing hang up about death. Have we ever, ever mentioned this about like how don't do this, don't do that? You know, you can prolong your life by fifteen years by doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. 
And like to me, death is the most natural thing in life. Like everyone's gonna die. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's like with everyone's terrified about it. But it's like the most natural thing. That could, no, I agree. I completely agree. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know you can prolong your life by doing this. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do this. Don't and do that. You think this is what David Lynch is getting? I feel like Lynch is just sick of it as well, kind of thing. You know, like and he's showing that. Like death hangs over this episode well, totally. Well, you say, yeah, it's got that, that, that guy who smokes for seventy five years. Yeah, it, it plays into um, that. You know what I mean? Like that the, plays into it. Obviously, the kid, yeah. the kid, um, who, kid getting the, the young ten year old kid or whatever uh, getting killed in front uh, of him. Uh, like. And then, like he 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 could have eaten all these fatty food, but he just take take yeah. taken away from him. Like exactly. That. I think it's same with the worried woman that like, just got murdered. Yeah, she just gets murdered out of nowhere. The uh, sheriff Truman's son killed himself. You know. That kind of thing. I just feel like he's just saying, like, again, just modern culture being terrified about. Obviously, nobody wants to die. You know, I'm not, no, not yeah, saying yeah. that, like, you know what I mean? But there's just such a hang up in, in the modern world about, uh, you know, turn on TV adverts, don't do this, don't do that. You know, if you're having a stroke, phone this number, do this. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like he's, he's got a bit of an issue with it, just saying, you know, it's just natural, people are going to die, you know, deal with it kind of thing. No, no, um, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, can, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah, so I, I just think he's got a bit of a. Trying to make a bit of a point with this episode, not not make a point, but you know, just that's how he feels about it, kind of thing. Like, I could be totally, could be totally off with that. You know what I mean? I but, mean, it makes sense. Cause, yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it for the episode. Have you got anything more you want to no, go into? I've, or no, I mean, I've not been able to gather up any theories as of yet um, for this. This, I mean, you've come up with quite a few, but I, I can't really. Yeah. Um. I think I've covered all pretty much I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, th- I think it's confirmed a few things. Like uh, yeah. every episode does seem to confirm like a, a little bit more, but um, I've not. I, I've still not been able to come up with any theories of my own just yet. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, again, I mentioned I've been reading a lot of online reviews for it, and I'm shocked at how not that people aren't enjoying it. They're kind of shocked how how much the plot, how long the plot is taking to get going, but I'd rather that to be honest. I'm in no rush to get you know to yeah. get through this plot kind of thing. I'm just loving spending time with the characters and what no, have I'm, you. I am, but yeah. I, I feel I feel like uh, Twin Peaks has never really exactly yeah. Well, I don't jumped know why straight into it. I don't know why they expected to, uh, to deliver plot like you I mean, know? the the entire uh, you know. Um, Original storyline that took sixteen episodes to to get resolved. Yeah, and like, and I think it was only right near the end that we actually found anything out at all. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the worst episodes of the old series were the ones where they were just going through plot. You know, like yeah, yeah. that middle part of series two, where they're just coming up with weird side plots for people to do and stuff. I'd, you know, I'd rather this than that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it. So yeah. Far, so. I think what it is, I think people are getting frustrated with the the, uh, the Good Dale stuff. Because it's taking so long to get where they want it to go. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've got a feeling. I, th- I think I mentioned on the previous episode. I've got a feeling that Lynch is going to drag this out until like episode fifteen or something. Yeah, yeah. Before we finally get Good Dale back. You I, know mean, what I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd, I'd love, I'd love um, to have like Good Dale back finally. Yeah. I, I, I am missing having Dale. Yeah. But I feel, I feel, I feel like from what like you've said about um, David Lynch and stuff, I feel like like he, he he's like he's going to give people. 
exact the exact opposite of what they want, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I do feel that way. Is like people people obviously want Dale back, they want Twin Peaks back. So he's like, well, what we're gonna do? We're gonna spend most of our time in Vegas. We're gonna um, we're gonna have um, uh, yeah, gonna, exactly. you can have good Dale there, but he's not gonna be the Dale you know. He's gonna be different. Definitely, like I say, people people are like, oh, I can't wait for good Dale back, Twin Peaks back, and he's like, nope, we're going to Vegas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're gonna spend with Dougie Jones for the first, <laughs> first six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I loved it. How, how do you rate the episode then? I mean, I would rate it higher than every other episode. I think I've rated everyone, everyone like a four. Yeah. So far, have I? Yeah, um, I think you might have gave the last one four point five, maybe. Well, I'm, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna give it the same as that then, purely because we're on episode six of eighteen. Yeah. And I feel like I, I need to go somewhere. I, I can't go. Yeah, you've got two thirds of the show. You had to come, yeah. kind of thing. And so I'm gonna you've not s- even seen Good Dale yet. Proper Good Dale. So. I will. What I will say is, I do prefer it to the previous episode. I do think it's a lot better, but I feel like every episode's gonna be that way. Yeah. So I feel like if I give this four point five, next time it's gonna have to be five or four point five again because it's just gonna get better and better each episode. Yeah. I'm going. I gave five last week. I'm just gonna give it five again. I can't. I can't go lower than that. So, five stars. Yeah, it's great. My my favorite episode so oh, far. Oh, definitely the best episode. So, but like it, it got you. It really shocked me at yeah, like definitely. Time, it, so. it, it definitely like moved me kind of thing. This episode. Yeah. And sorry, there's one thing I forgot to mention in the uh, during the actual episode as well. Uh, there's a bit when the child gets run over at the at the road. The camera pans over to the side of the road shows the telephone pole and it's the telephone pole from Firewall with me with the number six on it I did see that, and yeah. the weird numbers underneath how it's moved from the trailer park in Oregon <laughs> to the side of that road at Twin Peaks I don't know but I mean maybe it does move maybe it's like a magical doorway or something you know might, that kind of thing because like, yeah. my theory in that film was that Agent Chester Desmond entered like the Black Lodge through that or got taken into an alternate dimension through that telephone pole yeah, kind of yeah. thing where he picked up the ring so uh, maybe it's like a moving like gateway to like this other you know this other maybe, world or something, maybe, yeah. and maybe that kid's gone the same way as Agent Desmond did. His soul's been taken into the uh, yeah, yeah, into that un- into that Black Lodge alternate universe kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I think we've covered the entire episode kind of thing. Uh, have you got any feedback this week from anyone at all? Or uh, I haven't. No. Um... No worries. We've actually got some feedback from a listener this week okay. uh, on from Twitter. I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued now. Intrigued. Let's have a look. Just pulling up my uh, Twitter account. Okay, from user at Jones SJ fifty six. Okay. We have just a couple of messages about theories, basically, and uh, the theory here is that the golden ball that was in the Black Lodge that that Dougie Jones turned into, basically, do you remember that at all? He melted down into a weird yeah, yeah, golden I, ball, I this, yeah. and the one armed man held it up, kind of thing. Uh, I think in one of his visions to to Dale, he holds up the golden ball like that. Said you've been tricked. What you know, one of you's got to die or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Dale's out of his out of his mind at the moment, so he, <laughs> he's got no idea what he's on about. But she thinks that the golden ball is crucial to Good Dale's essence, basically, and that he ha- he has to get that back somehow before he can become Good Dale again. Okay. Does that make any sense to you at yeah, all? Yeah, I can see where. Yeah, I, I like that theory. I don't know how he's going to get it back, kind of thing. But... Yeah, like like that because of that exactly. Like I'm, I'm not sure. 
I'd need a lot more evidence to buy into it purely yeah. because, like you say, I don't know how we'd ever get that back without going back into the block lodge. I'm just I guess wondering. I guess we could just get Hawk going in or something. Maybe, or maybe that you might that might be it. Like, you know Hawk's got to get involved in it. He knows the the entrance of the black lodge. Like that could be it. Um, or all these appearances that that the one armed man is making to Good Dale. Maybe eventually somehow we'll just get get it to him. You know that way maybe, kind of yeah. thing. Where, like I say, um, I'll need more evidence to, to buy into that one. But, yeah. but it's, it's a solid theory. Okay, and the second theory we've got here, uh, I think this has been pretty much confirmed, but the second theory is that Good Dale and Evil Dale, she's put AKA Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> he does look a bit Bruce Campbell ish. Oh, yeah. Evil Dale with his hair and stuff. She uh, believes that they cannot exist at the same time in the real world outside of the Black Lodge. Evil Dale must die or go back to the Black Lodge before Good Dale will get his mojo back. Which I think they pretty much confirmed now. Like in this one, it's saying to him, don't die, don't die. One of them's got to die and go back kind of thing. So so if that's true, well, you're probably going to be absolutely bang on the money when you say it's going to be episode 15 before Maybe. you get back. Maybe. That could be the finale or something like that. Yeah. It, he's not going to come back, is he, um, yeah. anytime soon. Anytime soon, definitely. If that's the case. And one final thing, just to, what is to point something out to, is just saying, don't forget, Bob and Evil Dale are not the same entity. They both appeared in the Black Lodge, in the creepy laughing scene, at the same time. And I think, we've, this is going back to last week's episode, I think we've now seen his image in the mirror last week. Although Bob is with Evil Dale, he also has his own identity. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is pretty much bang on. Like, it's not just Bob kind of thing, you know, it's almost just like Evil Dale now. The, yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, I do remember, like, in the original series, like, when they, they were stood side by side, weren't they? So, yeah, like, laughing, like, like so, ah, Yeah, that like, that scene. hysterical laughing. So, like, yeah. yeah, it makes sense that they're two separate people. I think I've heard him mentioned as, like, the doppelganger, almost as if he's just, like, the evil version of Good Dale kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it makes you know, sense. Like, I'm sure Bob's in there as well, like, but it's not just Bob kind of thing. Uh, I even, I think I might mention on a previous episode that maybe Philip Jeffries is involved, which is the David Bowie character. Yeah, yeah. Because we keep hearing mention of him. Maybe he's playing a part into that character as well. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Just don't know. But, uh, yeah, they're all the theories we've got for this week. Very uh, interesting. Have you got anything more you want to go into? or? No, no, I'm happy with that. Um, that was some solid theories. Um, yeah. What was it, SJ? Just have a look. It was S. Jones 56, I F- believe. F. Jones 56. Oh. Thanks for your feedback. Yes, yeah, so we'll get back to us again with any more, any more theories. Anybody else... If you've got any any theories or feedback, if you want to tell us how rubbish we are, you know, uh, anything you, anything you want to let us know about, uh, it's uh, at Taylor1980 on Twitter. and uh, Mine's at D-S-T-E Nick. And, uh, oh, I don't think I've actually mentioned we are part of a, <laughs> a main podcast. We are. Uh, yeah. With a Twitter handle at D-S-T-E Podcast. Yeah, we, uh, we cover a lot of, like... Uh, Pop culture, entertainment, and stuff on there each week. Uh, what was the, the episode we just did? Was it split? Yeah, we just did split. That should like as of when this episode is released. That should have been out for about twenty four hours. Yeah, should be on the feed already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, go over and listen to that, and listen to the rest. We've got Wonder Woman. We've got, um, got Wonder Woman. We've done like a big comic book episode. Oh, that was a that was a fun episode to record. Um, we've yeah. got we've got loads more. We've got Warcraft, It, um, Sinister. Got loads. And oh, if you man. if you are a Twin Peaks fan, we've got a, an entire episode about Firewalk with me as well. The film, yeah, yeah. one of our best episodes. That I think it, is, it was yeah. a it good fantastic, one. Fantastic, yeah. 
yeah, so please check those out. And again, we, we welcome any feedback. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, just, just you know, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, that's all from me this week, Nick. Have you got anything else? Um, no, no, that's fine with me. I, I, I will just say, like, people might have noticed that the quality might have dropped a bit for this episode. Yeah. Probably because we're down to one mic. One mic at the moment, yeah. But um, that, that, that'll, that'll be improving again in the future. Yeah, we'll get it rectified for future. And uh, We're usually on a two-mic setup when we do this, but yeah. uh, on the one mic this week. But hopefully it'll be okay. And in future we'll get back to a proper professional setup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's all from me. Anything more from you, Nick? No, that's everything from me. Great stuff. So uh, have a good week, guys, and uh, tune in next week for part seven. All right, see you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.